0: Welcome to Sneaker Dads, I'm John Ratner. The wait is over. This week on the podcast, I welcome my good friend Andrew Kahn, a.k.a. Khan ones on Instagram, the man behind the Great Ones brand, and much more. We have a lot to talk about, particularly the still.ca times Sneaker Dads new era collaboration we put together with the Toronto-based Hat Company. There are four hats in the Father's Day collection, and we're going to discuss all of them and much more. So let's get into it. Um. Andy welcome
1: hey John how are you
0: pretty good pretty good we just saw each other the other day so I can't say it's been a while but uh, we talk a lot and uh, so it's definitely uh unlike some of my other guests you're you're not as much of a stranger but we'll get into all that first of all I have to ask uh what's been in the rotation it's nice and nice and warm out here does that affect your weather or are you uh are you uh Rocking anything for any specific reasons these days. I I know there's a little contest going on. I saw some posts. Yes. So what's in the rotation these days?
1: Yeah, definitely with the weather getting nicer, it's I'm feeling a little more brave now. All the dirt's gone and it's not so wet. So yeah, I don't uh I don't really have a plan when it comes to my sneakers, but uh when it's slushy or dirty out, I, I definitely don't pull anything that's too expensive or or fragile. So lately has been it's funny because it used to be the sneakers first and then the rest of the wardrobe whereas lately it's like what new uh, hat have I picked up that I want to pull out and which is kind of why I enjoyed um, this surge of fitted hats recently was because uh, it's got me pulling sneakers that I might not go for on a regular occasion so I mean uh, today I wore uh, my infrared uh, Air Max nineties, uh, for the beginning half of the day, ripping around. I love the, the mesh nineties are super comfortable and it's a classic, so you can never go wrong. Uh, paired it with a noble North infrared 90 hat, which <laughs> is the beauty. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, like you had mentioned, uh, the in kicks we trust boys are throwing a grocery store flex contest and, and I've been, uh, telling them i I'm going to get jump into that. So, I had to pull out a special pair, so I grabbed the uh, the Nike Dunk SB Low uh, Hemp Blues, just to to go for a stomp to the grocery store. Um, other than that, like like I said, I don't really plan it out, so I just kind of look at something and be like, oh yeah, you know, I have a few drop fronts for my main rotation, so it's nice to be able to poke through and see what, um, you know, what I have to throw on. And uh, been a lot of fours lately. I'm a big Jordan Four guy, so. I uh, wore the lab fours, the black uh, lab four, Jordan fours. Um, what have I been wearing? I like, I've been ripping through my dunk lows lately. Um, they're just super comfy, easy to throw on. I've ID'd a pair and uh, those undefeated, uh, the black ones that just released. I, I don't know what it is with those, but they're so comfortable. I've beat them. Luckily, they're they're black because uh, just a quick wipe and and they're pretty good to go. And then uh, the Jordan three uh, true blues have been a quick grab. Just when the threes form your feet, they're just so comfortable. And uh, it's just an easy on, easy off. Don't have to worry about them messing up. They look better, banged up. So, and they've got their age signs on them. So the handcuffs are off. I just go at it and stomp around in them. So yeah, it's been a, a spread, you know, nothing I'm not really stuck in one lane. So
0: yeah, you know, you talked about picking a hat first, especially when you have new hat pickups. I definitely have more hat pickups these days than sneaker pickups, and we'll talk more about hats a lot later. But you know, there was always that struggle is like what pair am I gonna wear? And I'm still trying to bring my collection down to a more moderate level. Um kind of happy where I am now, but it's the hat now and like to match it up. doesn't really matter. Most people <laughs> don't except for the the photo. I don't think anyone makes a connection between the hat and the, and the sneakers, except for people like us, but, uh, yeah,
1: the regular world does <laughs> not care for sure. No,
0: they're too far away <laughs> from each other. Maybe yeah. your shirt or your shorts and your, you know, but it's, it's only people like us, but I still do it, especially for, for the pictures. You know, I wasn't going to ask you this now, but it, it came to mind because in the camera kick it, um, soul squad group chat shout out to them uh there's a lot of sneaker talk they they probably don't want to hear too much about fitteds and we're in a <laughs> fitted hat group both of us too uh fitted friends which everyone will see that we use the hashtag in the last couple of weeks has become a thing uh, I got to remember the 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 sneaker group chat hashtag too there's too many hashtags of course these days but uh you know you show we everyone shows their pickups in the sneaker group, but i don't know are you are you a one in one out guy, are you accumulating sneakers? Do you sell them once in a while? Because I, you know, I see you make a fair
1: bit of pickups here and there.
0: Um, are you still growing the collection or are you I'm doing pretty,
1: both? I'm pretty low key with my pickups. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 it's like uh Christmas as a parent, I like to see everybody's presents yeah. and see everybody open them and get all excited, and I'm kind of like, I'll get it and stuff it away, but yeah. um, I, I definitely uh gauge my collection on the frequency of in and out. So if, if I have been uh, a lot of in, I'll take a good look and see what I have. Um, I, I love, like if I have buddies, you know, I have a lot of buddies that aren't in the sneakers like we are um, whenever they come over, it's always uh what do you got in the room? Uh, Cause I'm lucky enough to have a sneaker room for my stuff. So they'll come in and look around and, and uh, you know, I'll hook them up with pairs or you know, my kids' friends or whatever. I don't hold on to certain you know i everything has a, a time limit, and after a while, I feel comfortable moving on from some stuff um but i I'm the type that um when I'm like hunting for a specific pair, that's when I start digging through the stacks, pulling stuff out, coming up with a sale a sale list and i I have random story sales um like just price stuff to move it so that I can acquire that new that new prize but uh i mean i again i almost like my wares i'm not too uh strategic when it comes to that i just uh i go off of the feeling if if i don't have any more space to put them then it's kind of like all right i guess so- something's going so yeah
0: and you definitely that- keep it low key you know you, you you know you may flex in the grocery store or you may post a post a you know a really rare pair or, or high end pair but you don't really do it in you don't really do it in like a out there way you you're very very low key but that's why i wanted to also ask you because i sense that you like to kind of hunt for deals and look for that but at the same time you do have those kind of pairs that people consider grails i think of like your cause so can you kind of talk about both ends of the spectrum like what are some of those ones that you're kind of like wow like even though maybe you don't think of it that way or maybe you could talk about that if you think of it that way
1: so um my my personal grail is the air max one uh para amsterdam the 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 burgundy and blue and it's so unattainable that i feel like other grails for you know i i don't use the word lightly um whereas you like you said you mentioned the cause i have the black cause fours the sean witherspoons that even the the blue hemp's that i wore today like those are you know i would consider them grails for some people for me, it's kind of a, a situation of luck. Like I will see a screaming deal and I just like, well, I have to, I have to do that. Like, can I know It's in my size. It's, you know, and I'm blessed to be in a community where um, we seem to be in touch with real, you know, sneaker collectors and sneaker enthusiasts. So the opportunity for someone like myself who really does appreciate them, it seems like people want to help that that type of person if if you're in it for the right reasons then i just seem to get lucky and uh like as far as the cause go um a friend of mine shot me a link uh from another group that we're in um like these these are crazy deal he knew how much i liked them and i just did one of my like flash sales i had a certain amount i was comfortable paying and then the other half i just left it up to uh pairs that i have um And I know this is a question you do like to ask your guests. I'm just going to get ahead of it where I will buy pairs uh, to kind of, you know, if somebody wants it or maybe I don't personally, you know, I don't want to say I don't want it, but it's not a huge need for myself or a huge um, acquisition. But I'll sit on it and then the time will come where that's, you know, trade bait and I can flip a couple pairs and add them on to a deal where I know there'll be a quick sell or, you know, something that, that has a, a, you know, a high value on, on one of the resale sites like eBay or, or StockX. So um, I've been a, just kind of dumb luck for a lot of my bigger pairs, where it's just been like the timer's ticking. Someone approaches me. I'm like, okay, give me, you know, 24 hours. If I can do it in 24 hours, then uh, it's a green light. If not, then, you know, I'm comfortable uh, backing out, but, uh, I've been very lucky with, um, a lot of my, a lot of my, um, higher end shoes, I guess you want to call them that have kind of just fallen into the, the perfect situation more so than me, you know, hunting it down or going out of pocket, you know, or f- feeling guilty afterwards that has been the best part of it is I don't feel guilty after buying them because I found a way to, to, uh, substitute some of the costs. So
0: but you also have come ups when it comes to like, I wouldn't say lower end, but sometimes lower end, but, you know, kind of typical, more typical price pairs. I guess, actually, I'm thinking the one I'm thinking of, I think it's the Air Max 90 Tiger Camel. Was that you? Yes. Like, that's like a that's a great pair. And it shouldn't be cheap. No. Um, it's older, but you got it for cheap. So are you hunting for things like that on the, you know, like grail category?
1: There's things that. Um, and that's what I love about goat. I hate buying from goat. I hate, I don't like using that word, but I, I, I dislike purchasing from goat, um, because the duty is crazy. I mean, I know we have reshippers, um, and they're fairly quick, but, uh, goat is, is like an encyclopedia of sneakers because they sell used pairs. You can float through that website and find stuff you never even knew existed. Um, so a lot of it stems from that. I'll just flick through kind of like, catalogs the east bay catalogs or uh the flyers that we used to get back in the day that we could see what was coming out i treat it kind of like a newer version of that i get to float through i get to see stuff uh a lot of stuff i haven't seen before a lot of stuff that reminds me of like for instance that the the atmos tiger camo 90s that you're speaking of that was a pair that i want to say was almost a turning point for me where I went from a like a sneaker enthusiast, like someone who likes shoes to someone who wants to start collecting shoes. Um, I saw that pair and I felt like like I'm willing to pay a good chunk of money for these more. You know, when we're younger, your parents like you're not buying those two hundred dollar shoes. That was still my mentality until I saw those. And I was like, I'll pay four hundred dollars for those. Um, And then they just got way out of hand. Um, it was one of the first shoes that I, when I started realizing that people were willing to pay like my, my intro to it, I know that there's the, the, the ins like, you know, what the staple pigeons did to the community. I know there's other shoes that have been you know more regarded, but that was my personal intro to the resale market of sneakers. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I'm at that point yet. <laughs> I was like willing to drop that. And I, and I almost remember the time when I was like, that's I would have paid 400 in a heartbeat. And I think I, I paid slightly less than that recently, um, which was even better. It's just show that waiting uh, a little bit longer paid off. But um, th- it, there is situations where I'll I'll remember or I'll spark a memory. And then I will start digging and digging. And um, the, the eBay watch list is great, because there'll be stuff that I'll, I'll, you know, one evening go through, and I'll kind of do my catalog search and just looking at stuff and And watching it. And then uh, you get that email from the the seller sent like shoot you an offer, you know, when they want to move on it uh, saying, Hey, what, you know, 250 or 300. And then, you know, that's when I'm like, okay, you got my attention. (laughs) That's kind of what happened with those. I, I was flicking through, had it on a watch list, got hit up by the seller and, you know, same idea as what I was saying with the other stuff. It just kind of happened organically. I was like, yeah, I can't pass it up for that. What it was,
0: you make a good point about goat, and you know, eBay has been like that for a long time with used pairs. Obviously, StockX not, but you find pairs that aren't listed on StockX, sometimes, um, pairs on goat or vice versa that you can't find on one platform for the other. I think people are listing used pairs on goat and eBay probably at the same time. I mean, I would if, if I was selling, but you find pairs that you don't know, and you also find. You know, use use stuff. I found beat up pairs. I found a pair of beat up um, um, white Supreme Dunk lows from two thousand two. I also found my Futura Dunk lows there, and of course sent them to Konotsky and and he made them uh, nothing like uh, beat up. And uh, you know, um, got
1: a gift that man.
0: But you know, it's it's kind of a place where you know, a- a- along with eBay. I know there's grail and things like that, but in terms of the more popular platforms where people can go and kind of dump stuff for, for lack of a better word, get, get a decent price or get a quick, quick couple hundred bucks. I I think some of these collectors, you know, if you're selling Supreme Dunk Lows or, or Futures or those Air Maxes, you're not probably not uh, a new to the sneaker game. You're probably yeah. sitting on these pairs and you're just like, you know what? I'm getting out. I have too much. I'm moving or whatever. And um, there's a lot of come-ups to be had. I think, I think people sleep on them.
1: Yeah. And, and um, with, so with goat, it's like, it's like, a I don't know how, I don't want to say like a cleaner eBay, but it's very, the, the pictures are clean. It's easy to navigate. And then I go from there to eBay so goat is kind of like my 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 map, and then and then you could start, like you said, uh, these a lot of these people that are that are flipping stuff like that are you know on eBay. Let's say, probably are collectors or or do have some knowledge in sneakers if if they're you know they're holding a pair like that. But I find a lot of the times those people too, like you said, they're just people that are you know they've had they've got enough or they've changed lanes. They're just not as passionate anymore. And they just dump them and they don't necessarily put as much effort into the wording and the pictures. And that's where you can really get lucky, um, where you've got somebody that's just sitting on a stack of stuff. And they're just like, whatever, get rid of it. And they don't want to really negotiate. They set their, their prices fair. The same thing happened with my uh, Huffquake Air Max Ones. Uh, Brian Noble in our, in our Can I Kick It chat, he's like, you're a size 10, hey eh, Andy? I was like, I am. He's like, check this out, sent me a link. And it was a, a a local collector that just didn't have the passion anymore. And he was just dumping a bunch of Air Max, like a bunch of Grails. And they were barely even worn. And I got such a steal on them. And, you know, like minimal effort, very easy negotiation. Um, great price, great dude. And uh, yeah, that seems to be like, you know, you, you work a little bit harder for it or you, you keep digging and, and you will find stuff like that. And that's what the beauty of eBay is. You can... You can go on a dig and find, you know, gold, not maybe the same way you could, um, you know, 15 years ago where you could just people are spelling it wrong or, um, you know, the knowledge wasn't necessarily there for some of these pairs. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, a fun, a fun hunt. It's the new version of the hunt, right?
0: Yeah, I still like hunting. I think I should be on the other end of the spectrum posting stuff on goat, but I'm too lazy. I prefer to sell stuff on Instagram to the homies and things like that. But you mentioned years ago, so I want to take it back because I want to hear a little bit about uh, maybe the earlier days for you, whether it was sneakers or whether it was influences um, on you in terms of sweet streetwear, sports. I know you were big into as a kid and, and are still now. Uh, music what do you remember about your formative years that maybe um has influenced or got you into you know things like sneakers
1: and hats well, molded my my sneaker mind <laughs> um so growing up i was i played hockey i started playing hockey at about six years old um you know i was in a i played baseball i played hockey you know I was always out in the neighborhood you know playing whatever everybody else was playing, but hockey was uh, my passion and what I played through my whole childhood so I played net as well I was a goalie and the reason why I became a goalie was because of the equipment I always thought the goalie looked so cool and I was around the era uh, this will date me but uh, grant fear had like a colored blocker and catcher so when I was little it was, everything was brown or or white um, and grant fear had a, a white blue and orange blocker and catcher I thought man that is That is crazy. Uh, And my grandparents said to me, if uh, we made it to the finals that year and I was seven years old, totally accidental net. My dad didn't want me to play net, but my grandfather took me to the first game and he's an old Irishman. So he just dropped me off at the door and left. And they're (laughs) like, we need a goalie. So I was like, pick me. Uh, No one was there to tell me otherwise. They were happy because no one ever wanted to be a goalie back then but that was it. I just wanted to wear the gear. And my grandparents said that if you win the finals, then we'll buy you a blocker and catcher, whatever you want. And I was, I was so excited. And we ended up losing one, nothing. And, you know, thinking like, well, I played really good. You know, maybe they'll still get it for me. Like, no, you lost. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, tough pill to swallow. So, you know, then I learned, you know, my dad was like, if you want new gear, you're going to, you're going to have to work for it. You know, goalie equipment's not cheap. So uh, whenever I bought, like, you know, whenever I had to get new equipment, I'd have to do some chores or, you know, for the young kids out there, you can like deliver papers and ref soccer before you're of legal age to work. So I was grinding any way I could, you know, to pay for my, for my hockey gear. And, and that was such a a tough decision for myself because I would look at everything. I'd always be flipping through it and, you know, trying to find, you know, something unique or something different. Um, and I think that's where my, my mind for, uh, you know, individuality and equipment kind of came from and then growing up in the 9 as a 90s kid uh obviously we had mj uh at his peak and then all the other guys so like i remember you know being a kid and um you know wanting jordans and and whatever the the newest model was i can't even remember what year i started asking for stuff but you know i got i got ewings patrick ewings and i was like okay these are still cool. Not everybody had them. So I was happy about that. And, and that was around like the pump era too. So the pumps were a big thing. Uh, D Brown, you know, pumping up his shoes at the, at the slam dunk contest and, you know, Jordan doing his stuff. So there was a lot of, a lot being shoved into a little kid's face at, at that age when it came to sportswear, but my dad had a pair of Air Max and I just, the bubble, like the air bubble just got me. I was mesmerized by, the visible air unit. I just thought, you know, being a goalie and being into tech and uniqueness, you know, everybody was after all this other stuff. And I was just like focused on this cool tech and this cool gear. And, you know, that's when my, eye, like I started having an eye for stuff. I wouldn't say I was, you know, I was asking specifically for certain shoes, but I was definitely particular when it came to sneakers. I didn't just want to go in and, you know, grab whatever was on the shelf. Um, but it boils down to like, I think with, with sports and, you know, with team sports, you know, you're on a team, you got team colors and you're always trying to match that. And you're always trying to pair up and, you know, like the helmets to the gear um, that kind of like transferred on to everything, you know, and my grandmother, whenever for Christmas, she'd always get us, you know, outfits and she'd always get you matching outfits and it'd always be matching. And it would always be, you know, so cool. I remember getting me this LA Kings track suit and I'd never take it off after that. I thought it was so cool, you know, and, and, and that was kind of like my intro into, you know, forming my style, I guess, as far as, um, having a certain taste, you know, for sportswear. And, uh, and then as I got older, you know, you, you start getting, you know, more refined into what you like. Um, I got a job at Nike in, 2000 at the, at the outlet in up where I'm from. I'm from Barry, Ontario, just South of me in cookstown. We had an outlet store and I started working there and that was like where it exploded for me. It went from liking everything to like exploring everything Nike had to offer. So when you back then, they used to run you through a training program and they would play videos for you, man. It was like a week long training program. And, they had uh, a video on the ACG line. They had a video on Nike basketball. Uh, you know, they brought you through the history. You learned about Bill Bowerman and, and how, he, you know, he was making shoes on a Waffle's Wife's waffle iron. The story of why they named it Blue Ribbon. Uh, it was his favorite beer. Uh, Phil Knight's favorite beer. And it was just, just some random stuff and it just made me so interested and it, it's it was so intricate uh, the brand and the, and what they were the story they were telling through uh sneakers so then once I'm in the door there they give you a new pair of shoes every 6 months so i was always like looking for what i was going to get next and i and i wasn't jordan centric like i you know i, I wanted it when i was younger cuz it was everywhere but at that time that was nike basketball era that was what everybody was wearing you know the flights and and, uh, you know, the pennies and, you know, the foams were big at that time. Like my first pair I picked from there was a pair of foam posits and it was just, they were hideous, but they, they were so different. Um, they were clunky, they were very hard to work in, but, um, you know, learning about zoom and the force and the flights and all the differences between the brand. And I was so intrigued and I never knew that like of any other brand at that time that was so specific in the different sections of footwear it wasn't just you know here's a running shoe here's a tennis shoe you know it was like here's a you know a, a tennis shoe for you know a, a bigger dude or or someone that's you know a stomper or, or like with the flight line you know the the point guards and and the force were for the centers and they had all this this separated divisions and i was amazing and it brought me back to my you know my goalie days with thinking about gear and and it just seemed so natural you know, once at that age now, I wasn't playing uh, hockey competitively anymore. So it was like, you know, that that attention switched from from goalie gear to to sneakers. And uh, yeah, just like anything in life, the, you know, the more interest you have in it, the more you educate yourself on it. And I, I mean, I was getting dropped off there in the morning when my mom went to work and she was picking me up on the way home. So I would work like an extra three hours a day uh not paid just because i was waiting for my ride and i loved it i didn't i wasn't being forced there i could have walked around you know i could have gone somewhere else but i was in the back sorting shoes i was reading boxes i was reading flyers you know i was looking at stuff and uh it just kind of stuck with me Uh, after that you know it was just every time i'd see a shoe or i'd see a sneaker i was breaking it down in my mind and uh you know like thinking i never judged I never really you know, there there is no like wax seeker to me. It's all has its purpose. So it was cool. I'll just kind of see, you know, I'd be like see someone wearing a shoe, I'd be like, you know, you'd be better off in in like, you know, maybe something lighter or you know, <laughs> you're running around everywhere. You shouldn't be wearing those clunky shoes. It'd be a lot easier for you if you you pick something lighter, but yeah, I had to fight that that urge a bit. But no, definitely uh kind of paved the way for I guess what ended up being a an addiction or a hobby, however you want to put it now.
0: And we're sort of getting hinting at people who know you into your sort of creative, um, your creative nature. But before we talk about that, because, you know, reading bo- when I think of you reading boxes and, and doing this, and I also know you've done some uh, design work in terms of goalie equipment. I want to ask you that. But I have a quick story, because when I played hockey as a kid, I moved teams and I moved to a team that was the Kings. And uh, that was the same year or year after that the LA Kings switched their jerseys to black and silver. I think that was when Gretzky went, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was the rebrand. It was John Candy or whoever, those guys. I, I, I might be confused with the Argos, but I think it was them, right? Uh, or Anyway, Gretzky goes to LA. They turn to black and silver. And I switched teams. Um, didn't know they were going to be black and silver. And when you get your hockey gear every year, you know, you're all excited. You get the socks. Mm-hmm. They give us jackets and now they didn't print out the team jackets they just bought la king's jackets because ah, why great. would you do it, it <laughs> costs probably half the price so i had you know we all like our starter jackets or whatever i assume it was the starter. i don't even remember but i had this sick you know raiders colors king's colors and and to this day it was like sort of my gear hockey sports highlight aside from you know when we made our own baseball jerseys uh, as adults in a beer league that was pretty fun too but uh had to tell that story but the reason um i i was segueing into that was because you do do some hockey gear am i right
1: i've designed nowadays and it's funny because before the nike by you or nike id program where you could just you know go online and and customize a shoe I want to say the first thing I can remember was goalie equipment came out with customizers about 10 years ago. And you can go on, you know, Brian's or Bauer or, uh, you know, CCM websites and you could customize your own goalie set, all the colors you want, all the different materials. And man, there's like there was some sleepless nights of me <laughs> just customizing gear dreaming. And <laughs> the, this is kind of leading into what, you know, when, when you ask about what my wife thinks of this. I used to have a collection of goalie equipment. Like I used to have like four sets of goalie gear. Like I just play rec, you know, I play in some tournament teams and, you know, we go in place for money tournaments and stuff, but it's not competitive or well, it's competitive. Sorry, but it's not, it's not anything but a bunch of dudes getting together, playing some pucks. So um, it was unnecessary, but that was where, you know, I was, I was really digging it. I was customizing sets. Um, and then I got to a point where uh, I collaborated um, with a guy, and I did a the set that I'm in right now is literally they're like Jordan One Obsidians, a um, little bit of tweak so it wasn't copywritten, but I was able to mash my two passions together. Um, came up with a pretty cool design, and and uh, JRZ Canada, who they used to be the manufacturer for Bauer Hockey before they moved overseas. It was their Canadian production; they would make all the gear for the pros um these guys made up the most beautiful set of goalie equipment for me and and uh and that was you know uh, after that it's I, w- I wouldn't say that's what started it but getting into designing gear then I started doing jerseys uh working with companies and different teams um you know coming up with designs and, and logos and having jerseys sublimated and I did my own teams a bunch of times uh, but then it kind of how I got to learn the programs and the design programs, and and then it was always there after that. So uh, I was always like, oh I, I'd get an idea, and I'd pull up the computer, and I'd start messing around with stuff. But uh th- yeah, the I did do a bit of messing around with goalie equipment.
0: I, I mean, I don't know if it's called a goalie flex or what you guys call as goalies, but there's definitely that's always been a thing ever since those days where they were wearing brown. I remember coming up as a kid; they'd have, you know, someone would have, uh, you know, a a, a uh, the Florida panther goalie would have like a, a tiger on him or yeah, and they'd get artists to do it and it was like a big yeah. it was a big thing and it was an expensive thing right so that was that was i mean there's no opportunity for players to do that you can have a nice stick you can have nice skates you can't really have anything on your helmet you can't definitely really not
1: the same just uh, the
0: goalies form right of
1: expression as a goalie and that was always the dream when you were a kid you always wanted your mask painted yeah my grandfather painted my mask when I was little and he just did it with some paint markers and stuff. And, and actually John Van Biesbrook, who you mentioned was one of my favorite goalies as a kid. And he did the Florida Panther on my mask. And now I was like in heaven. It was a very homemade job. Um, it, it was awesome. But um, that's, that is the dream as a kid. You want to, you want your mask painted, you want your gear to match. <laughs> but, uh...
0: Speaking of kids, you have two boys. Um, I think one of them for sure plays gold. Does the other one play hockey as well? Is he into sports?
1: My oldest, uh, he doesn't play net. He's a defenseman. So the next best thing he's, our, you know, defenseman's is the goalie's best friend. But uh, yeah, he plays hockey. The youngest uh, didn't really want to have anything to do with it, um, which is funny because the youngest is the one who is very into sneakers and hats along with me now. And the, the oldest could care less about it. So
0: <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. You
1: share a bond in, uh, in in different aspects, which is great because um, when my oldest and I were, you know, I would coach him um, for, oof, I, I think, four or five years I coached him. Uh, he took a break with COVID uh, recently, but um, he wants to get back into it next year. But it's like during that that break, my my youngest now has gotten – very into sneakers uh well i mean as much as a 10 year old can but you know he's asking questions he's looking at stuff he's asking if he can pick my shoes and and he's asking for specific shoes and 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 it seems to be now it's uh him and i's turn to bond and and share a passion together which is which is awesome it's always more fun when when you're doing it with the family
0: so you have his ear when you're talking i just i was in the car today um talking uh to taking him to basketball and i was talking to him about some hats which we're going to talk about in a minute and uh you know he said dad and i was wearing a still um um shoot what's the flower um
1: oh the cherry blossom
0: cherry blossom i was wearing a cherry blossom hat and and he said you know dad what's up what's up with that and i told him about cherry blossoms and how you know it's sort of a you know we have a park in toronto and i, I wish i knew the, the full story but um and then he started asking me about different sizes and said he was generally interested maybe because he was stuck in the car with me <laughs> and, and, and there wasn't any good songs on the radio but uh but i kind of had is there do do you, does your son want to suck that up the youngest um is it easy is it easy to get to for him to listen to or does he get bored or does he ask questions and things like that
1: lincoln is a sponge um he's like a little mini me when i was a kid he asks a thousand questions he he was asking questions about stuff and i don't even think he listens i think he just wants to ask a question and he's just same thing he just likes to carry on the conversation so it's funny because um when it comes to sneakers and hats uh he's all his mind you know it it only took him a few times and his his mind automatically goes like well now why is like what is this what's the story behind this or what why is that like this and he's he's really seems to be enjoying that storytelling side of sneakers and hats and he sees me plugging away on the computer design and stuff and and i'll explain to him well this is what i'm trying to do or this is my idea and he loves it he's coming up with ideas and He's shooting out his suggestions, and he's been on Nike ID a few times trying to design his own sneaker. And it always just looks like someone threw paint at a wall. But you know, he's at the end of it. He's like, "Oh, I don't really want that," but he has fun doing it. Um, and it definitely uh, the the stories behind sneakers and hats has got him interested, and in the colors too. He's he loves bright colors uh, green's his favorite color. So whenever a green sneaker comes out, uh, he's asking for it. Um, he wanted the, the, the military black fours. As soon as I showed him, he's like, we got to get both of those dad. And he was up with me on the drop at sneakers. And he was just as bummed as I was that we didn't hit. And then I had uh, him and his buddies, you know, like kids at that age, we live right beside the mall here. Um, and him and his friends go for rips around the mall, and they're little mall rats and training. And I'll always be like, "Hey, Lincoln, go to champs and ask them if they if they're getting the military fours in." So he'll go up there, and he'll, you know they, they must get a laugh out of it. All the employees, <laughs> the managers know him because we're regulars at that location. But um, <laughs> I just wish I could see the faces of some of these sales staff with this ten year old asking them when they're getting the military black fours in and they're all like oh man i wish we're, we're not getting them or we don't know yet and he's like okay we come back the next day ask the same question
0: well it's a new era 10 year olds are doing that right i mean whether they want them for them and their dad or they they wanted to flip i remembered what my son was asking me he said he said dad you know there's there's got to be a limit to how many hats there are right how many logos i said well think about it like Every different side patch and every front logo, and you could put any color on the hat or the under under visor. You could put it, you could mix it up. And he and he said, he said, oh yeah. And then uh, and, and of the course the
1: history, the history behind, yeah. It, right? And All that's what I thing.
0: wanted to get into because yeah. you're you're really into that stuff and um actually maybe we'll maybe we'll save that because we're going to talk about history in a couple of minutes because uh uh not the reason why you're on the podcast but the reason we waited to have you on the podcast we'll uh we'll we'll, uh get to that really quickly but i have to hear what the kids and the wife think about the collecting both the hats and the sneakers obviously your youngest probably says yeah dad this is cool Mm. you know I want more, but you know, it's, 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 it's going to be a struggle. Maybe you're with your oldest, Hey dad, you know, I want this. Is there any of that going on that those talks about money and things like that?
1: Um, with our kids, they've, uh, my wife's been great for, for lining up chores for them. So they've got chores they've got to do. Um, And I remember, like I mentioned earlier, as a kid, wanting something really expensive and and being told to work for it. So, you know, what they do is probably not worth what we pay them. But we've we've always tried to say, if you want something, you got to do something. So if if they want, you know, their games or, you know, whatever the new thing is that they're into, uh, if they want V-Bucks or Roblox (laughs) money or, you know at whatever game that they're playing or whatever book they want to read. It's like, well, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, what can we do? So we'll make up chores for them. And if they do their chores or they accumulate it, you know, like after a week then, um we'll help them out. So we've, I try to use it as a lesson. Um, they know that, you know, I go, I leave early for work and I come home later in the day and I'm usually gassed and covered in dirt and I, I work construction for a living. So i visibly have worked throughout the day and you know they see it on my face um so they know that you know you you don't just get stuff handed to you so luckily i've been able to use my collection as you know a lesson to them if they want stuff then they gotta you know make the proper steps uh to get to that and my wife's been great for that uh she she's always on them you know she makes a list every day they get home from school they have a list of chores they got to do before they can play on the electronics or before they can get on whatever they want to do for the rest of the night. And that's also instills, you know, the mindset of when they want something, they know that they're not going to just get it handed so they've gotta to They've got to work to play on the computer or the, the Nintendo or whatever. Um, so I feel that it's, you know, been good. And I don't, I'm not um, going to say I'm excessive about it. Like I don't have, well, I shouldn't say I don't have packages coming every day because it seems to be pretty frequent between hats and sneakers. But um, the, I think now, especially with the last couple of years, a lot of things have moved to online. There's a lot more packages arriving everywhere frequently, not just s- sneakers. There's, you know, groceries coming through the mail. And there's, you know, a lot of places now that are pushing you online. So
0: that's what I say to my wife. I haven't really
1: polluted them in that sense. They. <laughs> They see that they got to work for it if they want something.
0: That's but, what I say to my wife. You know, everything's moved online, honey. Like these packages, <laughs> that's the way the world works. Uh, she's a little, a little bit into sneakers. I see you post the occasional
1: sneaker. Yeah, package. my, um, I wouldn't say she's, uh, she's not checking up on what's dropping, but she really enjoys it. And um, I like, I like hooking my kids up and my wife up with whenever I see something or something I know that they'll like. Like I was at. Uh, the Yorkdale uh, Nike with with Lincoln Saturday when we when you and I uh, met up and uh, he's been wanting the green beans because he loves green the green bean five so we went there to see if they had them and I don't know I guess it'll be too late by the time everybody hears this but uh, I seen the guy the salesman coming out with a pair of the panda dunks and they weren't on the, the rack or anything and I was just like I said you you got those He's like, what size do you need? I'm like, what size you got? He's like, what size do you need? I was like six. He's like, I'll be right back. So they've been keeping them in the back so that people aren't just coming in there to flip them. And he says, we're just, we want them to go to people that actually want to wear them. And I was like, Oh, my wife will love these. And she busted them open. And she was, she loved them. You know, like there's something you can wear with everything, but she definitely enjoys uh, a good pair of sneakers. I've rubbed off on her like that. Um, but it's nice too because you know we play together in that sense, and I think that because she enjoys it with me, she I, it's easier to hear when she'll be like, "Well, I, I don't think you need new sneakers, or I don't think you need that many." And then, think, "Yeah, you're right." And then I'll go and I'll move a few, or you know. But she understands that um, it's not just me buy. It's not like me. I'm at wasting my money because if there's something we need, we've got you know, like they're like little stocks sitting there. You you could just liquidate it and it's become money. So there's been a, there's been the odd time where, um, you know, we wanted to go on a trip or something or, or something came up and I'd be like, I'll just move a few pairs of shoes. And, uh, it's benefited us in that sense on a few occasions. So, um, she's not afraid to tell me, you know, Hey, chill out. Uh, or, you know, you're going a little bit heavy and I appreciate that. Um, it's good for all of us
0: yeah absolutely i agree i want to talk about hats but since we started with sneakers in the rotation i assume you don't have a hat rotation i sure don't do you go to the new stuff or do you have sort of favorites that stay in the rotation i know you have too many like me but you have a do you have a do you have a sort of I, method to the madness
1: I, I do in a sense um i wear a lot of blue and dark colors anyway so a lot of the times um i'm pulling you know colors that that i have like a lot of my shoes are in a certain spectrum i guess um but there's certain hats that i just like the still cherry blossom, like you mentioned, I have the Walnut um, Brown Jays hat. And it's just one that I always see it and I grab it. I just love it. I love the way the colors blend together. Um, And and then a lot of my, a lot of my Navy Jays hats, a lot of them from still, um, still just hits the money with, with all their Jays stuff and and their colors. And I know Shaheen's big and into that like he he's making a lot of hats that you know he'd personally wear that are wearable hats so i have a lot of crazy stuff i get hooked on those storylines and you know i've got the ox pack hats and you know the whatever the the new storyline is i get caught up in the storyline but um I i think that my regular wears are are a lot of two tones a lot of like you know neutral colors a lot of the blacks and the and the blues but um, there'll be an occasion where you know I like loud colors too. I'll just throw out something that's really bright and obnoxious or different just to try to stand out from the rest of of what I'm wearing. Yeah,
0: So we're talking a lot about still, I think it's time to uh, share with our listeners. Uh, I guess the primary reason why you're on at this moment is because there is a pack of four hats that we worked with still on a uh, collaboration i guess it's probably an unofficial collaboration but uh w- whatever you want to call it four pack of hats that we helped do was still coming out i'd love you to tell the listeners about them the luckily with timing everyone knows how shipping has messed up the hat game uh, or at least deliveries timing also sneakers everything we seem to have got really lucky and got these dad-related hats, father-related hats, mm-hmm. which um, pair up uh, gr- baseball greats who's, who have father sons, both who played in the major leagues, and they came in time, and sounds like it's going to be in time in people's hands actually, for yeah. Father's Day, so really excited about that and really excited obviously about the hats. Uh, that's hugely exciting on its own, but the fact that they're coming for Father's Day, the fact that they turned out so amazing, tell us about it, maybe go through one by one, because, um, you know, we work together on the concept, and we work together on, you know, some of the designs, but you are far and away the design mastermind between, you know, if it comes, Shaheen and the team there are great, Uh, but between you and me, uh, you are definitely the designer. So, uh i'm curious which one you're going to start with that's what uh, shaheen always asks us he's like which one's your favorite so <laughs> yeah right start with your favorite
1: well first i just wanted to point out that you could thanks for the credit but um this whole idea uh our both of our shared passion for hats and you know our our relationship our friendship bouncing that stuff back and forth is really what started and snowballed this whole idea with you know, both of us wanting to do hats and enjoying the design process and and our own um, style towards it. Uh, And then, you know, you and I talking about what could we do? And then the ideas bouncing back and forth, which led to, you know, obviously with sneaker dads, um, just the light bulb going off with uh, the father's son pack that we're talking about. So um, as far as the pack goes, Um, I mean obviously we're we're located in Toronto I was born there you're you're living there Um, with Vladdy Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being such a you know a big father son pairing where we're from it was it just seemed obvious um, to kind of do something to to commemorate that that bond and the ability to you know to, to have a you know to follow up in your father's footsteps and, and be just as good, if not better, that's just, that's another a level of talent and, and great genes. But, um, growing up, Ken Griffey Jr. Was, you know, one of my favorite ball players, and he had so much swag and so much style, wearing his hat backwards for the home run derbies and, you know, just always smiling and just smacking balls. Like, and his swing was so sweet. Um, and that, that hat personally is not just because of the player, but the, the uh, Seattle Mariners colorway is just beautiful. The, the silver thread and the, the teal or, you know, teal green and the Navy, they just, it looks so good together. Uh, personally, that, that one's my favorite. It was my favorite to design it. Uh, and it's my favorite because he was probably my favorite player growing up uh, aside from you know pat borders and kelly gruber on the the world series jays which you know i was lucky enough to experience as a kid but um that hat just oh you know the to be able to and and what we did to give some light to it uh we essentially we took the father's team logo so uh, ken griffey jr's dad played for the cincinnati reds for a majority of his career he bounced around but his, his real high level years were with the Cincinnati Reds. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. His great years were with the Seattle Mariners. He ended up coming and playing for the Reds later on in his career, uh, which is cool because I'm sure he was around that organization as a kid. Um, so what we did was we, we used the Seattle Mariners colors and implemented them on the Cincinnati Reds hat. Uh, now what I tried to do, um, Was I try to have some kind of meaning behind the side patch selection? So this particular one, um, there's a timeline. It's the Cincinnati. It's it's celebrating the stadium. It's an anniversary of the stadium, and there's a timeline uh, on the patch. And and in that timeline, both Ken Griffey Senior and or sorry, yeah, Ken Griffey Senior and Ken Griffey Jr. had played on that team. So it was cool, kind of way to to give reason to the side patch. All the colors on it are. Seattle Mariners original team colors. So the the C, uh, it's the the running man ball logo for the Cincinnati Reds. It's done in in the silver C, just like the Seattle Mariners. It's outlined in the teal, just like the Mariners hat. Um, You know, the Cincinnati Reds is written in in navy thread. It pops really well off the silver. Uh, It's just a really clean hat. And then we use the teal on the underbrim just to kind of really scream Mariners. Um, And, and when you see it, it just, it says Seattle Mariners, but, but it reads Cincinnati red. So I think we did a great job of, of connecting the two and, and, you know, to, to be able to, to celebrate the, the father and son duo like that. I think it's just a cool way to, to bring the two together.
0: Uh, And we wanted, we wanted someone to be able to look at the hat and see the story you're talking about, and I, I think, we I might be biased, I am, but that if you look at that hat and you say, okay, it's a Reds hat in Seattle colors, oh, yeah, yeah you, you might have to have a little bit of baseball knowledge, but they're pretty well-known guys. So the, uh,
1: the colorway hits, like you see it and it looks like a really nice hat. So that opens your your, your ears to, okay, what? why is it like this? And then you find out the meaning behind it. I think it makes it even more special, personally.
0: Well, well, the other thing I wanted to say, and it's another credit to you, is you were very meticulous about getting the colors right. And you knew that it had to be original to the Seattle colors for it to tell the proper story. And the same goes with the side patches, although there's a lot of flexibility with side patches. Some people would prefer a certain side patch because they like the look of it. They don't need it to be historically accurate. You, of course, being who you are, you wanted it historically accurate and the father-son combination. But the colors, I think, on that hat were particularly important, not only because it's got the metallic, but um, because that Seattle color is so, you know, well-known. And, you know, we even talked about sneaker hooks, you know, Griffys and Seattle hats. I mean, everyone talks about sneaker hooks when it comes to hats these days but you know it, it's 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 a it's a big deal let's talk about you t- You hinted at the jays let's say the the fourth hat for last let's go back to the jays because again you talked about toronto connection but we did something different that also really really kind of same idea but we doubled up on the guerreros
1: yeah so with still being a Toronto-based Canadian uh, hat shop, um, we had to we had to go double with the Canadian teams. So just and honestly, that's a lot of the Canadian fans or Canadian hat buyers. That that is your two. I wouldn't say your main hats, but you always gravitate to to the Montreal Expos and the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, what we did in that particular sense, um, we've got a Toronto Blue Jays hat with the t-bird logo um, in the pinwheel expos colorway so the pinwheel hat white front blue brim red side blue back so it's it's kind of have almost like a beach ball color around it but that's the expos were the only team to wear a pinwheel at the time it's a very distinct colored hat to the expos vladimir guerrero did not wear that hat when he played there but it's it right away. You see it and you know, it's an exposed hat with the logo choice. We've got the Toronto Blue Jays logo, the T-Bird. Now, Vladdy Jr. didn't wear that logo, but my, my reasoning for picking that particular logo was still was the one that put the T-Bird logo on the scene. Yeah. Um, you know, some people might've done it before, but it didn't really start gaining traction and start whipping around the community until still did it. Um, so I really wanted to honor, you know, the use of that logo, um, for him in, in the design. And again, it's just, it says still, when you see it, that T-bird, I, I always think of still hats. Um, and, uh, with the side patch, I chose the, the 20th year anniversary patch, um, because Vladdy was 20 during his rookie season. So I thought any way to connect to the story, you know, that's, that's a Vladdy hat um in his dad's colors which is is so cool and then on the other side of the coin is the expos hat which is done in toronto's alternate colors which they're with the powder blue jerseys they're wearing this year uh they wear a a two-tone navy top uh powder blue brim and that's you know they've been wearing those jerseys a lot this year but that's the standout it's a great looking jersey you know that's what he's wearing so i wanted to incorporate the original team colors, the colors they're wearing right now um into the Expos hat. So it has the the Montreal Expos logo all done in in the Jays, you know, royal blue, red and navy um with with the white. And it's super clean. I'm I'm really happy with that how that turned out. And then with the 35th anniversary side patch. Uh this was kind of a reach, but Vlady Senior was 36 when he retired, so I thought it'd be cool 30, you know, I, I have a favorite Expo side patch, but I thought, you know, 35, close it up to 36 is a cool way to tie it in with uh, Vladdy Sr. But same thing. It's just it's really cool. Uh, two great players, father, son, um, both playing for Canadian teams, which is even more special. And I feel it really uh, accentuates the design, the fact that uh, they're both Canadian teams and they're both great players and they're and just, both great
0: hats to <laughs> be just so people know who don't aren't deep into hats there are limitations so you want to tell a story and you want to find a date you can't always get it we were happy to get the 20th anniversary patch we don't have to get into that for for the jays hat side patch but there there are limitations can you talk a little bit about that you can't just do whatever you want right
1: yeah so as far as uh hats designs and stuff go the the logo itself is from a certain era so the t-bird logo i believe is from 2003 or 2004 might be 2005 either way um you the logo and the side patch have to be from the same era so you you can't just use any patch with any logo it has to kind of correspond in the eras so um with that in mind i mean there's certain loopholes where if it's an anniversary patch uh, it can be used but you've kind of locked into logos and era side patches so you know like there's there's a lot of really cool ones out there but if they weren't wearing that logo then new era won't approve it and then also these hats have to get approved by the team as well so which is even more of an honor. I feel that our our designs passed through the Blue Jays and they were okayed, um, which is really cool. A really, really neat part of it all. You could come up with the craziest design in New Era or the organization could say, No way, that's not happening. So yeah, they have to um they have to align in the same era, which it makes kind of adds to the challenge, but it also makes it more fun.
0: You know, it's funny you talked about the Jays and Expos being very popular both among Canadians, they're also very popular among hat collectors everywhere. The T bird is a really popular logo. Expos hats, I think, mm. people love. I don't. I don't want to compare the two, which is more popular. I think they're up there. I, I haven't seen the the uh, <laughs> the new era uh, char- bar chart about who sells more or who buys more, but I certainly think you know um, you know U.S. buyers and global buyers or or hat collectors love both of those logos seattle also is another one i don't know if all the seattle logos now we're actually talking about a reds hat you know that one um speaking for both of us we had a lot of discussion about the logo and um uh, i after seeing the hat i i don't think we could have picked a better one so that was uh, uh that was very cool and um again more credit m- much more credit to you for all your hard work on that one Tell us about the fourth one.
1: So the fourth one, uh, if you're if you're gonna go by, you know, biggest father-son duos in Major League Baseball, you know, we've pointed out one of maybe one of the biggest with Griffey's, um, the biggest Canadian story being the Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and senior, the the maybe the biggest, um Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonds. So, you know, both of them being excellent ball players. Um, I believe oh they didn't play together but Bobby Bonds did coach for the Giants at one point he played for the Giants a majority of his career was with the Giants because uh, his, his oh, uh his good years okay. were with the Giants so that was a tricky one because you can't do a mashup of Giants and Giants there's <laughs> just a yeah. Giants hat so um what I did was uh Bobby Bobby Bonds logo the logo on the hat is the san francisco giants and then the colorway uh, for that particular hat is is the pittsburgh pirates which was barry bond's rookie team um that one i i took a few liberties with uh when barry bonds played there they were wearing the yellow top with the black brim and and the black pittsburgh logo uh when i was doing our mock-ups for that particular hat i mean a black and yellow hat it's nice but it didn't really say anything. Uh, it didn't really scream out. I didn't want it to be. It, they are such an iconic duo. I didn't want it to just be an average hat. Um, so, looking back into the history of of the Pittsburgh uh, logos and hats, the Pittsburgh Pirates were actually one of the first teams to wear a different colored undervisor other than gray or green. Um, they had alternate jerseys in '99. They had this big hideous. Pittsburgh Pirates face on the front of the jersey. They were wearing black crowns with a yellow brim, but it had a red under brim on it. Um, so what I wanted to do, and the logo was black and red. Uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to, to take that, you know, those roots of, of the organization and hat history in general and kind of implement it onto this design. So this one having a yellow crown and black brim, just like Barry Bonds wore in his rookie season, but then we implemented the red underbrim and the red outline around the San Francisco logo, just like they did in the alternate hat uh, that they wore in 99. So it kind of ties into the whole um, history of the team, you know, adds a little more, you know, flair to the hat. It looks really good as well. And then same thing with the side patch on that, uh, the timeline, it's a 50th anniversary logo on the side of it and the timeline on it, both, uh barry bonds and bobby bonds had played for the giants uh during that year so it was cool cool way to bring it all back together
0: yeah and it's i think it's cool (laughs) again taking it back to sort of from the deeper design that you um get really into that i don't have the knowledge or experience on you know i i uh (laughs) i can maybe serve as a consumer or you know a heavy hat collector but not a um A side patch or logo expert by any means one of the other things we were talking about was you know do we want to do two tones can can we get away with a pinwheel and we you know again timing was on our side because you know trends do change I don't think in the hat community they change any quicker than sneakers you know two tones are pretty popular these days but people still like their 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 one color hats which is the case for Cincinnati um the Cincinnati in the in the Seattle colorway so we kind of mixed it up right and that was part of the the idea right
1: yeah we definitely hit all aspects of it um and I didn't want it to be heavy one way um the, I feel like the the, the the all of these hats speak in their own different way um the Cincinnati Seattle hat is one colored hat but it the the logo is metallic silver it really makes uh really accentuates the the colors in the logo if you had a two tone on that i think it would take away from from the logo and the colors which are beautiful the way they are with the exposed pinwheel it is it is a a loud hat uh it is different not everybody's a fan of the pinwheel but when you see it it just it speaks to you it's it's just it, it It frames everything really well, and it really says Montreal Expos uh, with the new Jays hat, uh, um, with the two-tone, the navy and baby blue. uh, We've only really been able to get that hat as an on-field with a black UV. Um, It's a beautiful colorway. It's a great hat. But, I mean, they call them black nasties in the hat community. Um, Black underbrims aren't necessarily held in the highest regard. Um, I don't have any problem with it I mean I wear on fields to work normally um, but it was really cool to be able to do that colorway with a gray brim a gray UV uh, really in a wearable hat and the the Jays colors look Jays colors and Expos colors are very similar but with this particular year uh, the, the jerseys that they're wearing this year with them implementing navy and powder blue it really gave an opportunity to throw more unique and you know blue jay colors into that design and it the, the the low i can't wait for everybody to see it because i really think that's they're very mellow hats but they're they're very unique in their own sense and and they do really work well together they look really good together
0: yeah and i have to thank you for letting me you know have my say and give the input because the pinwheel not not that i deserve any more credit than anyone else but that was the one i Personally, so the listeners know, I felt really passionate that we had to do that because I have roots in in Montreal. And when I think of Expos hats, although no one's doing pinwheels that much these days, Mm -hmm. you don't see them. Especially, you know, people do pinwheels for lots of teams, but um, Expos pinwheel is the quintessential Expos hat, I think. And I said, you know, to stand out from the other hats, and you know, doing the two Vladdies, you can have uh, one is. One is sort of, you know, a little more toned down. I don't particularly think it's that toned down, but the other one obviously stands out, stands out much more. So I'm glad, I'm glad we did it, and um, yeah, super happy. You know, the whole idea of designing things with hooks and stories behind it. I feel like, you know, this is our first, hopefully, of many uh, hat collaborations and designs that we get to work with people um to do obviously we've made our own hats for our own brands but um you know not not MLB hats not on not on this level with still of course and and shout out to them again for giving us this opportunity but you know I feel like maybe we're going to be spoiled because you can't always find this kind of story right sometimes it's just like a green hat with a pink uv it's fire and there's no story you're gonna match up the you like the logos and you like the you like the you know like the combo and it's just the hat is what it it is and i have tons of hats like that and i don't need a story always but we got to tell this kind of story and it's like father's day like i don't know (laughs) i feel like we started too high
1: yeah right yeah, it's like having the best birthday party for your kid when they're 1 or 2, you know, you've already you've wasted all your bullets. Um the yeah, it's it's funny the the best stuff seems to happen organically and um the fact that, you know, with being sneaker dads, being sneaker parents, you and I um being able to come up with a storyline and then have it land on Father's Day and again, thanks thanks to still uh for for giving us this opportunity and and for having it timed so well, but um yeah like <laughs> it's, it would be it's gonna be tough you know to to hit a home run uh no pun intended um like this, but again I, um i, I wanted think, you,
0: sorry to interrupt I wanted you to talk about a little bit about because when you've designed and you're always designing hats, it's sometimes. There sometimes is no story, right? You're just doing it because it looks fire, right?
1: Well, it's funny that you say that because when I'm doing um, designs for my brand, great ones, I always look at what colors I like, what colors are in the season. I kind of come up with my own mashup and then I look at it and then I get inspired or sent into a direction. And then I really finish it up with the idea in mind. So um for my last launch you know I come up with a, a shield logo and then um and a, and a Muhammad Ali design and then I kind of I got these ideas and I put them all together and then I saw them all and then I got a direction I wanted to travel And with hats it's kind of the opposite uh, I will really try hard to come up with a story and then pair really pair up with with the story it's a lot harder to do um you're you're really reaching for stuff or it's it, it becomes uh almost forced where you're just really just taking colors and throwing them on you're not really giving it much thought so i do try to come up with a storyline uh create with with the palette and then you know re- take another look at it take a step back a look at it and then finish it off with okay how do i really make this connect to the story and the design in one and make it speak because it's a lot of these designs and the best guys in the hack the best designers in the hack community they really do a good job at um you know like artists all artists you know in a painting it's how you interpret it and they really do a, a good job of interpreting their designs bef- without having to say it so you know a lot of people that i've talked to about this you know an artist they'll say you know if you've got to explain it it, you didn't do a good job. It's the same thing as a joke. If you've got to explain the joke, it's not very funny. Um, so I find that, you know, coming up with the story, utilizing the colors or whatever your influence is, but then how do you top it off so that you don't have to explain it? And it still look like you want it to look good and then tell part of the story. And then that attachment to the design and people's like of it really makes them ask the questions. Um, to learn more about it, just same thing as sneakers. Like, we see a nice sneaker, we're like, Man, this is cool. And then you catch, you know, a wind of what they're trying to tell. And you're like, Well, what what else does it have? Where else, <laughs> you know, you're looking for those fine details. And I think that's the beauty of, um, with, with this particular design. Uh, I think the hats hit and they look really good. And then you'll be like, Wow, this is a cool side patch. And then you find out those little details about how the side patch connects with the story in some way i think that really it makes it layered uh and more enjoyable and you know that, that's all we really ask for these days with sneakers and hats is you know we enjoy it because it looks good and it makes us feel good and we, we like the look of it but to be able to tell your friends or you know like your wife or your family like no this is this means this and this means that it just it really adds as a you know consumer it attachment to the product or the the design or whatever it may be
0: yeah and if we had hats coming out every week it would be a lot harder to come up with good hooks and good storylines like some of these some of these designers they do a great job and they clearly want to tell a story and it sometimes isn't the most exciting story it'll be maybe like a product or an album or something some of the album ones are amazing you know but we see you know everything is almost themed now. And um you and I have lots ready that we're, we're ready to go that we think we think are awesome. But um you know, it's just, I think as for me, as a, from the consumer side, it's kind of like, you know, I have a lot of, you know, hats that don't have stories and it's like when I'm trying to kind of slow down and pare back, I look for those stories. I, I look for the hats that have more meaning Uh, I mean, you know, maybe my son will listen to me tell the story about the hat if it's a book he's read or it's a team that he knows. But usually it's just me and people, uh, people maybe who see the hat on Instagram. But that's the same with sneakers, right? Some people say, wow, those sneakers are really nice. And yesterday or the other day, I was wearing one of my still cherry blossoms. And a mom at school movie night said, what is that? And I told the story like I did to my son. And she was like, she was like, oh wow, that's really nice. And she actually listened to me for 20 seconds. So, you know, it made my uh made my hat heart warm. You mentioned um your brand. I want to talk a little bit more about it, um, because you have some things coming. Don't necessarily want you to talk about those things if you don't want to, but um what sort of what are you trying to do? I mean, I tell you what I think of your stuff. First of all, we, we, we talk about it, we sort of bounce ideas because I've made gear, sneaker dads gear, I've made new errors, you've made hats and things like that. And we're 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 we like doing it. But I see I see sort of like I guess there's um a vibe. <laughs> Is there?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely have a vibe when it started out, it was um, I wanted to kind of instill the same vibe or feeling as, as the sneaker culture has. So having stories, telling stories. Um, I've always had a connection to sports. I find sports are a great way to bring people together. I kind of wanted to have that same vibe with the brand. I wanted to bring people together. I wanted to celebrate things, you know, uh, on a different level. It wasn't just, uh, it wasn't supposed to be just about fashion. It's not, it's not just about fashion and, and, um, you know, look and fly. It's, it's again, like a way to tell a story, uh, come up with some cool stuff, uh, share some insight, maybe tell, you know, uh, mix some stuff together, do some stuff that hasn't been done, but, it's been just a fun way to like an outlet. Like, I don't want to say like craft, but it's like a craft just kind of taking some ideas, slapping them down and then seeing it and, and being happy with it and then wanting to share it. And uh, I, whenever I shop for stuff uh, I always am intrigued at and, and kind of lean towards uh, like small brands. I've had a buddy who's, had a clothing line for years he's got a skate park a skate shop Uh, he does embroidery and and screen printing and everything and i was always so motivated by that uh soldiers skate shop in barry and screen machine promotions my buddy aaron uh he and he grinds and and i was always giving him ideas and he's like man you should just do something yourself like you got all these ideas why not do something i'm like yeah you know i kicked the idea around and then with the lockdown and everything, I was just started, you know what? I wanna I wanna mess around with some stuff and I always look for quality. Uh shout out to Jaron of of Parlor 23. Yeah, I was, I was a big fan of his. I was a big fan of the quality that he put out. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say I was riding his wave, but I was definitely influenced by his product because when I saw it in hand and I it looked so good. On his feet, and that was obviously what got me to to buy stuff and and build a relationship with him. But I I felt like, man, this is the level to be at. If you're gonna be gonna be doing your own thing and you're not on a large scale, you have to offer something other than just cool looking gear. Like every YouTuber out there has merch, and that's funny. It was when my kids would always say, "You have your own merch, Dad." I'm like, oh, <laughs> I "Guess so." But I like to pass on a level of quality. Uh, and that's the fun for me is, is to make something really nice and then surprise people. And they get it and like, man, this is, this is really nice. I sold uh, my last run of hoodies, the chain stitch, uh, great ones hoodies that I did. I sold them to uh, some family members and um, you know, they, they were just supporting, but she hit me up after she got it. She'd got it for her son for Christmas because he'd asked for it, which I appreciate, but she's like, Andy, I'm looking at this. And I've got a roots hoodie in my hand. And she says, it's the same level of quality as a roots hoodie. And that really warmed my heart because a, I, I try, I try to put that across, but I believe that's the beauty of it. I'm not charging what roots charges for product, but I'm putting effort into it and they, you know, people are seeing that and they're enjoying it, which again, is really why I do it. I love it. It makes me want to do it again. So putting a high, high standard on, on the finished product. and really having it look how I want it to look and come across that way. I, I don't do a lot. Like I, I just did my first graphic tee. Um, I feel like graphic tees are your way to really express what your brand is about. A lot of my stuff has been script or, or wordmark. There really hasn't been, you know, if you were to just see my garments, you might not know what my brand was about, but I feel like I've been pretty consistent in, in translating a, like a, like a sports vibe in a sense without being, like uh trying to be like a sports brand company i'm not like trying to be like under armor or nike not making dry fit stuff i'm trying to give that that almost unity and teamwork vibe and quality mixed in with it um and it's just been a, a fun process to you know take an idea and make it reality and then shipping it out all over the world it's a lot of fun
0: yeah you're doing a great job and uh you know i i love what you do, what you're doing and um Jaren, big help to me from my gear to my hats to the pins i did um now you and i are doing pins we don't have to talk about that now but uh, uh anyone who follows us knows that we're we're doing those so so keep an eye out for those and and more but uh you know the whole idea of getting someone for people like us <laughs> or for people not like us something that they're going to keep and that's going to last. It's not going to be a two wear you know, it shrinks and then, you know, it doesn't look like it's supposed to after something that someone wants to take care of, hang dry and, 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 and if needed or if not, but, um, and, and really, you know, take pride in and, and represent a brand. Cause there's a lot of brands that we know a uh, Canadian and, and in, in other places like the U S that, Uh, we support and it's cool and and of course shout out to everyone who supports um our our brands your brand mine and uh us what we're doing together because uh (laughs) you know all the small stuff we're doing but uh obviously the bigger ones that uh that's uh that we're we talked about today the hats uh you know uh we couldn't we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for uh the supporters and uh and I wouldn't be doing it without you. You're, you're, you're the brains behind it. And, um, you know, it's certainly been a a fun ride and uh, I'm looking forward to, to what we have in store because uh, uh, hopefully we get opportunity to do a lot more because it's more than anything, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think you and I share, um, you know, it's been a it's very bit of very warm podcast you know a lot of love but you know we we really and and people who know us know that you know we just love it and uh, we love people who support it and the community and things like that and uh, and that's why I'm um, I'm glad we uh, had this opportunity to do the podcast and uh, you know go uh, maybe about forty five minutes longer than we planned we should have known
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we can't have a parking lot conversation that doesn't Start getting texts from the wives wondering where we went so <laughs>
0: yeah they know what we're doing now and uh yeah i appreciate you finding the time in your evening and uh always finding the time to uh answer my questions and things like that and uh and uh we'll, we'll keep at it and uh yeah it was cool to hear you know a lot of things i didn't know about you a few things i did but uh your stories and uh you know we'll, we'll probably be able to do uh, uh another one of these soon hopefully
1: well, that was fun, man. I know. I appreciate it, John. I do. I appreciate the conversations in the back and forth just as much. So it's, it's great. And your podcast and then your sneaker dads has got me inspired. I think that's what inspired me to reach out to you in the first place was I love what you're doing. I love the, uh, how you, you know, you bring up that, bring out that, that common bond between uh, kids and their parents with, with their passions, whether it be sneakers or, or anything else. It's a, it's a great thing and it definitely makes it more enjoyable.
0: Yeah. And regardless of, uh, you know, in the future, I don't know what names we, you know, there's all things that are beyond our control, but I definitely consider you, uh, my partner and sneaker dad. So uh, we've talked about this before, so I couldn't think of anyone uh, better or uh, more worthy of it. Uh, but you obviously are doing great things, uh, on your own. So I'm glad we, uh, Glad we got to talk a little bit about it, and uh, people should keep an eye out for everything because we got a lot more in store. Yes, sir. Big thanks to Andy for coming on the podcast and for all his hard work on our hats. You can find him at Acon ones and at Great Ones, spelled G-R-E-A-T, the number 1-N-S on Instagram, and at greatones.ca. You can find me at Heads Ain't Ready. And you can find the Still Time Sneaker Dads Father's Day collection at still.ca on Friday, June 10th at noon Eastern time. Thanks for listening and thanks for the support. Later.